Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm joined by John Dam Johnston, our fearless leader, and uh, to talk a little ladies round ball, Jill Heemstra of CornNation.com. Jill, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Greg. Now... It- we have to alert the listeners that if you hear John get boisterous, either positively or negatively, we are recording this on Tuesday night, uh, January the 29th, so he is watching Nebraska and Wisconsin, and he's just he's just going to give us live reactions throughout. I'm not watching the game. I'm not following the, the score ticker or anything like that. The only updates that I will know of will be from John. So, uh, John, how, how are you, buddy? Are, are you you're holding on up in the great white north? You know what? It, it is negative twenty six in the real temperature and negative forty eight wind chills. So, you know, whatever. It's you know, it's cold out. Eh, I'm not outside. What the frick do I care? I like how you censored yourself. Just uh, uh, for uh, you know that there's no actual f bomb quota on you, right? Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm in my living room in front of the TV. It's not like when I was watching the Michigan State game where I was alone in the house. So, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit sensitive to other people. Fair enough. So, so is is the the Johnston clan around? Well, there. You know, my oldest son is in the bedroom behind me. Is that Rotten playing, Son? No, no. This okay. is the oldest son. The, the Rotten Son is God. The Rotten Son's back at school at the University of Minnesota. Okay. He can freeze his ass to death over there. <laughs> Speaking of freezing, we have to uh, talk about this. We are recording. It is after 8 o'clock, and Jill was not 100% sure that she'd be able to uh, uh, make the uh, at least proposed 8 o'clock start time. Of course, when it all was said and done, I was the late one. But, Jill, for our uh, rural listeners who will appreciate it, you were, you were doing a, a ranch hand task, correct? Yeah, it's, uh, as John said, it's a little cold. We aren't quite as bad as John has it up there in Minnesota, but we have, uh, we have a cow herd and we have no barn. So it was imperative that we get some bedding out for them tonight, somewhere out of the wind, so that they wouldn't, you know, freeze to death and cost us a lot of money. So, yes, that's what I was out doing is, is, had one of the ranch hands out getting some of the bedding while the other one and I were getting fences fixed and tightened up because the cows, you know, in addition to being cold, were hungry and broke into the, the hay pile and were enjoying a treat there. So we were fixing fence and bedding cows in, in this wonderful wind and weather. So, yes, John, I was outside, and I think I used up your quota of F-bombs during the process, so... Bedding cows. Mm-hmm. This sounds kind of kinky. <laughs> it is <Hell>. some... <laughs> What's involved in bedding a cow? 
it involves taking a bale of something or another. In our case, it was uh, baled corn stalks out and uh, cutting the, the twine or the netting around it and breaking up the bale so that the cows have something to sleep on. I like so that. So all of you that cry at the ASPCA commercials, our, our poor little cows have a have a warm little place to sleep. I I think I love the answer, yeah. and, and I love that it, it was informative and accurate. But I also <laughs> yes, John. Do you would you Wait, like to add nothing something? Happened. No, it's uh, Borkard got in there, got a rebound, and uh, got a. <laughs> first of all, on the last three point shot by Nebraska, Borkard just flattened a Wisconsin player and it passed it off and assisted to one of our guys. And then on the last play down the floor, Borkart uh, got the rebound and then got the hook and hold call against Wisconsin. So I don't know what the score is. What's the score? It's 40 to 40. There you go. What were we doing? What were we talking about betting cows? We were talking about betting cows. Um, and and I, I like how John was at least like giggling at, uh, at some perhaps more sophomoric uh, answer that could have could have been uh, handed out. I I'm going to take the high road, and uh, as John enjoys the men's game, Joe, we brought you on uh, in large part, and I think I think we need to address it first. But uh, you know, we will talk about uh, Husker women's basketball, of course. Um, there has been some I don't know other podcasts would call it rumor and innuendo, some scuttlebutt perhaps in Lincoln regarding our athletic director. Uh, and I was wondering if, if you two would care to weigh in on that as it is as timely as anything uh, that we could be talking about this week. Uh, Bill Moose is, uh, I don't know, there are rumors and, and perhaps allegations a- around some of his uh, downtown, I don't know if behavior is the, the right word, but but uh, I don't know much of the story. Do either of you know what, what's been said? I know nothing. You know that things don't get out here to rural Nebraska, right? Oh, no. That's oh, Red, <laughs> Ray, wait a minute. Reddit gets out there. If Just you've got, If you've got the internets, you should know. Yeah, I mean, Reddit, I mean, here's the thing. I think that there was uh, there was a number of message board rumors, and uh, I think that uh, other message board, we, not, we didn't really see a lot of things at Coronation about it. Uh, but uh, Reddit had a thread on it, and I, you all know what Reddit is. It's a giant, massive cancer. <laughs> clusterfuck of humanity, really, was what it is. Reddit can be incredibly amazing and then just the most brutally god-awful stuff on the planet. But uh, the, the, the whole Reddit had a long thread about you know Bill Moose being cited downtown drunk, and he caused an incident downtown drunk. And then there was another rumor about him doing something with a booster's wife or being handsy or stuff. Here's the thing. Can I, I just want to say this. First of all, I don't know why being part of SB Nation for now coming up on, I think, 13 years. Yeah, 13 years this August, I think it'll be. Uh, I, I not only pay attention to Nebraska, but I, since I've been involved with all these other sites, since we have a network of, of college sites, I've paid a lot of attention to other fan bases as well. And that, that, you know, now you consider it over the last 13 years or 12, 13 years, we've gone through two conferences, right? We've gone through the Big 12, and now we're in the Big 10. 
right. then we played gobs of bowl com- opponents, gobs of non-conference opponents. I pay attention to a lot of stuff that goes on all over the nation. I don't think that there is probably another fan base that involves itself in rumor mongering as much as Nebraska. And uh, I think the reason for that is is because we're a very, you know, relatively small populated state. Everybody claims they have an insider at the athletic department. Everybody knows somebody's uncle's cousin that works there, and he heard through a guy on the golf course last week who was earlier boating with another guy while they were bowling. And that guy said this about, you know, I don't know, Frank Solich, Carl Polini, Steve Peterson. The names go on forever. And they're, they're, they're constant. And the, I can't imagine what it would be like to work in the athletic department and have a, uh, you know, have a high-profile job and then uh, have to put up with that kind of shit. It does seem like uh, the fan base is, is like the snake eating its own tail. Um, you know, eventually all of these, uh, uh, you know, lamentations are, are going to come back and bite them in the butt and and the the self-fulfilling prophecy if, if you if you talk enough about something so much right now i think we're kind of seeing it in men's basketball with tim miles this is not a bad you know nebraska ball team but the, the fans just are are maybe maybe they bought into too much preseason hype or offseason hype or, or whatever that every loss is the worst loss in the world and Tim Miles is is you know should be fired today and and everything else it, it's just that we and this is a generalized statement but we as a fan base like to just be so pessimistic all the time and maybe we take it too seriously because you know other 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 fan bases have maybe a, a pro team around them you know um you know living in illinois uh and you know it, growing up in illinois nobody really nobody cared about the illini it was you know the the cardinals or cubs or bears or uh bulls uh you know things like that there there are other teams to kind of maybe i don't want to say gravitate towards but to be able to you know focus on from time to time but in in nebraska you get the huskers un- unless you're hoss reuter and then you get Creighton Blue Jays from time to time as well. We, he's not here, so we can talk about him a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, it's just there, there's there's too much joy in life to be bitching and moaning over what you may or may not have seen downtown on a Saturday night. Here, here, here's something that's constant. Okay, if you go through all the programs around the nation, one of the biggest rumors you will hear that is a constant in every program is sex with cheerleaders. I did not know or, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, Pete Carroll, there were rumors of Pete Carroll. He was at USC, sex with cheerleaders. There was stuff at Texas, one of their coaches, sex with cheerleaders. And, you know, at Nebraska, for some reason, it's boosters wise. Now, when I ask, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to think about something. I want you, I want you to ask yourself, what the hell is your opinion of boosters wives and cheerleaders? If that's the rumors that you readily accept about people working in your athletic department, do you have set? What do you just think? Boosters, wives are all <laughs> sluts and whores, along with cheerleaders. I, I, I absolutely My God, get, I absolutely get get. You know, I see exactly the point you're trying to make. It, it's, uh, you know, what? Well, let's let's say from from the cheerleader aspect of it, uh, what is there to gain? You know, but from, you know, to use it 
term from earlier, sorry, Jill, from betting uh, a high-profile name in the athletic department. Uh, that, what is there to gain? I don't, I don't. And if you're the high-profile, you know, individual, there's far too much to lose. That's just me. But again, like you said, and, it, and, it, it happens. And I, you know, some of these people coming up with these rumors, are they just uh, guys that apparently they wanted cheerleaders in high school and they never got to have them? They're just resentful their entire fucking lives? What's the deal? Or, or, or maybe they're just bored right now. You know, maybe it's the the dead. See, I, I think was it you, John, or was it somebody else uh, uh, on the coordination Twitter that said, as a fan base, we just seem to love drama. We do, we do. We can, we can't live without it. We become, you know, with the Bo Pelini years, especially with him exploding after every, you know, sideline shots, him exploding the whole, uh, you know, I course tape that was came out after he was fired. You know, that drama. Everybody got used to it. They get bored. I will say this. Years ago, uh, I went back to my hometown, and I was sitting at a bar, one of my hometown bars in Curtis, and uh, I had heard this rumor, or this thing about one of my high school teachers, was going to leave Curtis where he taught his entire career, I believe, and he was going to go to Longmont, Colorado to sell used cars. And I'm sitting with two friends of mine, two really close friends of mine. And I said, have you guys heard this guy's leaving to go to Longmont, Colorado to sell used cars? And they're sitting there and they let me go on with this for like 15, 20 minutes. And then they both start laughing hysterically. And I'm like, what the hell's the deal? And they both look at me and they go, uh, we made that up. <laughs> I said, what? Because I, I didn't hear it from them. I heard it from other people. Mm-hmm. He and one of them looks at me and he goes, "Yeah, we we were bored and we just wanted to see how far that rumor'd go, so we made it up." <clears throat> I I wonder about people like that. No offense. No offense well, you know friends. that's Cur- Cur- I mean Curtis, Nebraska, small town Nebraska. I mean we're bored all the time. I could tell you about horrible things I did when I was bored, but I am not going to right now. So there's a there's a small child behind me now. <clears throat> <clears throat> But you get the idea. I mean, a lot of these rumors, first of all, they're rumors until they're substantiated. Sure. Uh, a lot of the, I, I, the funny thing about one of the Reddit comments was uh, Red Sea Schools was deleting the things that were posted about Moose. So one of the people on Reddit said, well, of course it must be true. No, it's because they don't want you just going on with unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated rumors about a person's private life. You know what I mean? But if Bill Moose was horribly drunk downtown, don't you think we'd see a social media photo of it somewhere? If he caused an incident somewhere. Oh, yeah, because everybody's got recording devices, cameras, high-quality cameras in their pockets that they're walking around with. So, yeah, if you... If, like you said, if there's a high-profile individual, be it Bill Moose, Pete Ricketts, whomever, you know, down downtown stirring shit up or you know making a, a drunken scene, then people are gonna that that will make the rounds on social media, and it won't take long. Um, yeah. So it makes me glad I was a teenager before social yeah. media. Yeah. Here's here's what people with their uh, fancy camera phones and such would have caught me doing as a teenager. Walking around my small town of twenty five hundred people with my buddy, after dark. <laughs> oh no! Uh, sitting there, driving up and down the same street for hours. <laughs> this was this was before we had licenses. We just walked. It didn't matter if it was summer or winter. Uh, you know, like now. Well, let's be honest. It was the nineties, and we were, you know, wusses. So if it was in the teens, temperature wise, we were staying home. But 
You know, we, we were out there. I remember being out there in winter coats. I remember being out there in shorts. It's just, you know, what we did, you know, the, the two of us uh, just hanging out and, and, and chilling and getting out of the house and away from, you know, our respective parents or whatnot and just, I don't know, that was, that was what we did. Other cool kids probably did other stuff, but not us. Um, so, well, if, if there was social media around when I was a teenager, I'd be homeless because nobody would have ever given me a job. Well, let's talk about that because I understand, John, that the first social media network actually uh, was predates you by about two years, but was lost uh, when Vesuvius destroyed Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> My, I'm, never, I'm never prepared for these old people comments unless I come up with them myself. Sorry. Um, That's all right. Husker women's basketball. Uh, yeah, let's go to that. Let, let's do that. Uh, just a, a brief overview of uh, the 2018-2019 Lady Huskers. They're 9-11 and 11 overall, 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. Uh, don't fare too well. At uh, are on the road. They're two and seven away from uh, Pinnacle Bank, but they're six and four at home. One and zero oh on neutral uh, court. And Jill, this has kind of been a, an up and down, inconsistent team. They've had some nice wins. Uh, you know, they won just uh, last week, or about. A, I guess at, at when this episode drops, it'll be almost two weeks. But uh, there on January twentieth, they uh, had a nice win over a top twenty-five team in Minnesota. They lose uh, lose a couple uh, first at, at home against Northwestern, and then losing uh, last weekend at Wisconsin. But just by a point, and obviously by the time this uh, episode drops, they'll have played at Purdue, and, and hoping that uh, uh, there's a nice W there. But uh, you know, nice win at Illinois. Uh, a, I'd say close loss to a top twenty team uh, from Iowa. They win on the road at Ohio State. What what have you seen uh, as you've been kind of following them closer, uh, certainly closer than me? I, my, I like to think that my priorities are out of whack, but then I realize that my priorities are kind of, you know, my three-year-old son, and so that means I don't get to watch as much sports as I'd like. Um, so what have you seen uh, from this Husker squad in Amy Mitchell's, I believe, third year? Yep, it's Amy Williams' third season. Williams. Yep. I said Mitchell, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah, it, you know, I can't figure this team out. It's, um, you know, you got a lot of the same contributors from last season, and they had a really good season. They had a much harder non-conference schedule this year. You know, it was one of those non-con schedules they craft when they want to have a really good resume resume for a, a tournament bid. Um, you know, the, the problem with that is that you got to win some of those. And, sure. and oh, yeah, bullshit! I know. I know, right? Blasphemy. But they didn't Borkhart really win as many out. of those. <laughs> you, I, I apologize, Jill. We're going to have to just kind of get used to that. It's all right. I have the, the live stats up. I have the radio on behind me, but I can't hear it over John's yelling. <laughs> I, I know, what the fuck? The guy drove into Borkhart, planted his knee right in Borkhart's chest. Borkhart's not moving at all, and they call him for the uh, for the blocking foul. So Borkhart's fouled out with 6.09 left, Wisconsin leading 50-44. to 44. The last call, the fourth foul call on Borkhart came when a Wisconsin player basically fell down underneath him 
And they called him, of course, you know, because Borkart's huge for <clears throat> nearly stomping on the guy, even though the guy basically fell down backwards into Borkart under his legs. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go on with your goddamn basketball talk. <laughs> just... If he's fouled out, out, does that mean we get him as a tight end on the football team now? Like oh, that'd be interesting. I I know he was recruited to play football, but... I don't know if he I, was or not, but he yeah, sure he looks was. like he could do it, right? Yeah. Jill... He was. Anyway. When, when we talk about that non-conference schedule, uh, there was an important... Well, what could have been, I think, an important uh, pair of games down in Miami, the Miami Thanksgiving Classic. Uh, they ended up winning, I guess, a consolation game against Radford uh, Big, but... Uh, before that, lost uh, by double digits, but I think respectable to another top 25 team uh, in Miami. And then, you know, less than a week later, they're on the road at, at number five Louisville and lost that one, again, double digits. But uh, as we were, were talking, I mean, like you said, they, they loaded up the non-conference schedule to help. And I know I'm just stating exactly what you said, but I, I'm – Bringing, I'm bringing the people back after John's outburst. Uh, oh, did you not want me to do that, you bastard? <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it's downright delightful, sweetheart. Um, but, you know, trying to load up that non-conference schedule, but like you said, you have to win a few of them. Uh, and, and unfortunately, the, the wins versus Denver don't uh, carry much weight when you're losing at Arkansas, you know, uh, less than a week later. Um, but, you know, as far as Big Ten play, they're just under 500, but that, I mean, obviously, like I said, that could change by the time this episode drops. They could be at 500, and then, uh, you know, they have some key games coming up. You know, Purdue, as I mentioned, and then this weekend it's a home game against Indiana. Then next week it, they go to Ann Arbor to Michigan, and then what the Play for K game comes up Sunday, February 10th. Uh, it's against Purdue, so really they're going to see Purdue twice in you know 11 days give or take uh of course the kiao uh cancer game and uh, uh or, or cancer fund game i should say uh and we encourage people as always to go out to uh, pinnacle bank arena and, and support that cause back on the road at maryland home against michigan state at northwest here's what i don't like about this schedule it's a lot of at and then home and at and there's you, you don't get an opportunity to build any momentum especially with the way this team's been playing on the road because every other game is a home game every other game is an away game it's it whoever made this schedule i don't know i don't know if that comes down from the big 10 (laughs) or what big 10 well they obviously have it out for nebraska that's all i'm saying (laughs) yeah it's interesting because this team is just about the opposite of last season because they were like the road warriors last season they were winning everything on the road they were a very disciplined team. I mean, it was a, it was everybody kind of knew their role and they played their role really well. And you have so many of the same people back, but this freshman class is just completely, it, from what I can tell, upset the apple cart. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's taking a while to figure out everybody's place in all this because it's a very precocious group in a lot of ways they're they're out playing their older teammates and in other ways they still need to learn a lot of things to uh, get to the level of success that their their older teammates had last season and 
and so it's been an interesting dynamic and and you know it's fun to watch amy williams try to really get a handle on this team what they do well you know early in, even from the beginning of the season to now early in the season they were scoring points by bunches but they were giving up a lot of points too now they've clamped down on defense and somehow they're doing it by being out rebounded by double digits <laughs> and they're they're not scoring the points you know in, in basketball it seems like you know good offense leads to good de- I know you want to think of it as the other way around but good offense leads to better defense because you make a basket you can get back and set up your defense you're not worrying about that transition phase and, and, and I th- I was the Huskers say, just aren't scoring the points now. So I, I don't know, and they're not rebounding as well. So I don't know if, how their defense is so improved from the beginning of the season. And, and maybe it's the competition. And, and I was going to say along the line, uh, kind of piggybacking on what you said about, you know, offense, you know, a good offense can can help boost the, the a, a good defenses. Uh, you know, and, and I don't – I haven't watched any of, of uh, the women's team this year. So I, I – we're we're just gonna keep it this year. I may or may not have watched much last year, but uh, so I don't know if Amy Williams is a coach who likes to press. But obviously, you know, you make a bucket, you can set up a press uh, a little bit easier than uh, you, you know, like you said, you know, miss shot or a, a takeaway or something like that from the other team, and and uh, where you really have to hustle back. So yeah, it, basketball is one of those weird ones. I mean, you know, we we see it in football as well, where even if you don't score, if you have the opportunity to flip the field. You know, and and you know, elongate the the opposition's you know offensive driving that that better's your chances. Similar here in basketball is you know, like just like you said, if if the offense is doing what they need to do, then then it helps out the defense considerably. Yeah, definitely. And right now, the two leading scorers for Nebraska are freshmen, and they're freshmen who are coming off the bench, and they're also. Really? Who, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Um, Sam Ivey and Leah Brown. And I'm not sure which one. I think Leah Brown might be the leading scorer right now at like 10.1 points per game. And Sam Ivey's at like nine. She was at a little over 10, but she didn't score in this last game. So that dropped her average to like 9.5. And then some of the the other, the more established players are, are starting to close that gap a little bit now. I think we'll... We'll probably see in the next few games here the see that change, but but yeah, Nebraska is the only team in the Big Ten that has two freshmen as its leading scorers. They're the only team that has two bench players as its leading scorers. And the interesting thing about the way both of them play is they're not really role players. They're very improvisational. Um, I think earlier this season, you know, Matt Coatney, who's the play-by-play announcer for women's basketball. He he said something about Sam Hybe gets to the rim more than somebody who works at a tire shop. Huh. You know, she's, she's just really good at flashing and just making stuff up as she goes. And Leah Brown, when I watch her play, I'm like, that shouldn't work. And it, and, and it is working. So that's part of what I say about these freshmen have upset the apple cart. You know, I think... Last season, they ran some very disciplined offense and very, very disciplined defense. And our two leading scorers just don't 
play by those rules and that could be a very good thing and, and maybe it's a bad thing in that it's taking longer to figure out how to use them or deploy them in the confines of the offense, you know, and, that, and the, the point guard for Nebraska, Hannah Whitish, is, she had a knee injury earlier this season and I don't know if that's the cause, but she just wasn't herself earlier this season and she's starting to take command of the form now more. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see this closing stretch, but you know, if you really look at the upcoming Big Ten schedule, there's really only one game on the schedule where Nebraska might be the favorite. They might, they could lose a lot of games. They, they could surprise a lot of people. It's really hard to say. Um, I wouldn't bet against them for sure, but it, it's just been a different sort of season where you just don't know what to expect from them. And, and that's part of being a young team. I think they're by far the most inexperienced team in the Big Ten. Um, they so look have, out for them in a couple of years, I guess. I was gonna say they only have two seniors on the squad, um, and like as you mentioned, with uh, Leah and Sam being you know freshmen, and it, it, it does you know make me scratch my head again as a non-viewer, as very much an outsider looking in. If those are the the two who are scoring the most points, what are they doing on the bench? If you give them more minutes, maybe that equals more points. My biggest question. Uh, centers around, no pun intended, uh, the biggest person on the team, and that's Kate Kane, who last year I know had you know picked up a couple of Big Ten, you know, player or, or freshman of the weeks, uh, or maybe even player of the weeks. I, I don't know, but uh, has she kind of hit a sophomore slump, or or um, is it that that other teams have you know become wise to the six five sophomore? What what happened with Kate, it, it, where her productivity is, has dropped off so much? Yeah, and I don't know that it's dropped off on the defensive side as much, but I think you'd hoped to see her take a step forward on the offensive side, and I'm not sure she's scoring as many points as last season. But, yeah, she's she's a really good anchor in the middle. And, and last season, like you said, they had, they had roles. It was a very disciplined offense. Everybody knew their role. And this season it's a little just – more helter-skelter in a way. And you do have to remember that the sophomores right now, are there's two sophomores on Nebraska's team, Kate Kane and Taylor Kissinger, who's a Nebraska native. Those two by themselves were a top 20 recruiting class. And then the four freshmen that came in this year were also a top 20 recruiting class. So there's a lot of talent. And Amy Williams plays all of her players. Some of the bench players play more minutes than the starters okay. sometimes. It just kind of depends on the game. But she's really, I mean, that has to be a great recruiting tool for her because she plays her roster. But as far as Kane goes, yeah, you thought maybe she'd take a step forward. She seems to be missing some of those shorter shots that she just didn't have trouble with last year. So I, I don't know if there's something just in the flow of the offense that she's not in the spot she wants to be, but uh, she's still a pretty potent presence in there. And, and I know that a lot of times people will say that, especially for centers in women's basketball, it takes them till their junior year before they really establish themselves. And so she kind of burst onto the scene and had a big role to play in a team that did really well last year. And now we've got, a big infusion of talent with this freshman class and it's 
I think they're still just working out who does what and how do how do you work these freshmen in with how Kane plays. It, it just might be a chemistry thing. I, I don't think she's lost a step, but I, I don't know that they've been able to use her to her full potential. Maybe it's a situation, this is me just freestyling a minute, maybe it's a situation where, you know, with the uh, the four freshmen that got brought in and, and, and the contributions they're making, she doesn't necessarily have to carry as much of the load? No, and, you know, I think part of last season, I think in most of my previews, I said one of the big keys for Nebraska is to keep Kit Kane out of foul trouble. And she has, for the most part, stayed out of foul trouble this season. But I don't know that they've been able to really work her into the offense as much either. And like I said, part of that is there's some more, there's a a more balanced scoring. I think they relied a lot on Hannah Whitish last season. And then, uh, you know, Kane in the middle was expected to carry a lot of the load. And I mean, she's like the first few games of her sophomore season, she was already like in the top five or top, for sure, top 10 career blocks in Nebraska history, you know, she destroyed the school record last year. She had like a hundred blocks and the school record was like 70 blocks in a season or something like that. And you know, she's just, she's just amazing and being able to stop people from getting to the hoop. But, uh, I kind of forgot where I was going, so I'll stop there. No, I was gonna, I was going to uh, <laughs> uh, go down the list of uh, Kane's honors and awards. Of course, this is straight from Huskers.com and, and her, uh, you know, player profile. Last year, she was a Big Ten All Defensive Team uh, member, and that's you know, she was mm-hmm. also a Big Ten All Freshman Team member. So uh, again, her her defense alone got her on that All Defense Team. Four time Big Ten Freshman of the Week. She, as you mentioned, Jill, with 100 blocks, uh, set the Nebraska season block record. Uh, she had 11 in, in a game in December of 2017, and that's uh, the single game block record. And she's the first points, rebounds, blocks, and triple. No, yeah, for, I, I read too far of that. First points, rebounds, blocks, triple double in school history in that same uh, game, uh, December nineteenth, twenty seventeen, against Florida Atlantic. Twenty two points, fourteen rebounds, eleven blocks. We just haven't seen the the twenty two point, you know, game outbursts uh, from Kate. Uh, at least I haven't or, or haven't you know, read about it. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully, all the pieces come together because, like you said, Jill, this is uh, this is going to be a, a tough stretch here in the next month or so of, uh, of you know, Husker women's basketball. And going back to what I said, you know, a few minutes ago about alternate, you know, home and away games, all the Thursday games, I've, I've been looking at the schedule, all the Thursday games are on the road, all the Sunday games are at home. So fans, there's no excuse not to get out there on a Sunday afternoon, watch, uh, go and support your, your Husker women's basketball team at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, most of the uh, tip times are 2 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe a, uh, 3 o'clock here or there. Uh, there is a Monday game, and it's against Iowa at the end of February, uh, just you know, less about a week or so before the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, you, know, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to go support uh, this Husker women's basketball team. Yeah, they are a fun team to watch, you know, and even even though we haven't seen the the wins come like we did last season, 
you know, this, I'm not sure that this team is the big 10. And, you know, we talked about how good the big 10 is on the men's side. It's just as good on the women's side. I mean, this is a rugged, rugged conference to be playing women's basketball in this year. It's not quite what it was in volleyball. The big 10 is a really good women's basketball conference. They're not really elite, you know, outside of Maryland, they don't really have teams that rise to that elite level very often. Uh, Ohio State occasionally. Rutgers. Well, they're Rutgers. not really even elite. They're very, yeah, but they're elite for Rutgers. That's the only thing they have there. <laughs> <laughs> True, and they are leading the Big Ten right now in women's basketball. They, uh, they are the, the top team in the conference, and they do it by making sure you can't score any points and and uh, well, that sounds like they're not a fun team to watch. <laughs> I I can tell you why you wouldn't go watch basketball. Why is that, John? Because it's just fucking heartbreaking. That's why. Uh oh, what's the score, John? I don't know. I turned it off, John. It's, it's not good. The Huskers yeah, are no. down double yeah. digits with less yeah. than a minute left. Yeah, yeah. And we just didn't have any depth. You lose Borkart, and that game's over. Plus, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know what? I, God, Nebraska basketball is, like, cursed. <laughs> it's not cursed. It, it'll, <laughs> it is cursed. It is cursed. They're not. They're going to turn the corner. You know what? It's cursed. They're going to turn we the corner. We talked about this during football season when we lost six games in a row. That wasn't cursed. If somebody's got a voodoo doll, but but shooting 28% from the field is what the live stats says right now. They're not going to win a game doing that. Well, you could against Wisconsin. They normally don't want to score points either. I don't know what the... It just seems like a cruel game. It really is. You got a bouncy ball, and you got to put it in a round hoop. And it seems so simple. And then our entire state has sucked at this for like 100 years. Okay, maybe not. Creighton has not been that much good. And when I was a younger guy in college, Creighton was not very good at all. So spare me the Creighton bullshit and fuck them anyway. But yeah, but I, I mean, literally, I get it. We don't have a lot of population, right? It's very hard for us to recruit because we don't have population. But you can and you can make up, you know, for football is just beating people up, really, at its base. You can make up for that because, you know, Nebraska's being a hardy state. We had to all be kind of bastards to live there in the first place when it was first founded. But, you know, basketball is just, my God, cursed? What is it? I, so I, going back to the 28% uh, courtesy of the live stats that Joe provided, I don't have the exact percentage, but I do know that in one game, I made 14 threes. You made 14 threes? 14 three-pointers. You made that in one game? One game. You played basketball? I did. I, you know what? I haven't made 14 three-point shots in my entire freaking lifetime. Now, full disclosure, <laughs> it was against... Well, you play, hold on. You were playing five-year-olds, weren't you? No, 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 no. It was against my sister in our driveway, but it counts... Okay. It counts, John. <laughs> okay. Don't tell me that Tim Miles wouldn't be looking at me right now if I was still in high school. And we all was need something, threes. man. Take anyway. Uh, Nebraska women, uh, as we mentioned, four and five. That aside from the you know Rutgers, He's trying so hard to keep this on track. I'm trying. 
but at four and five, they're they're right in the middle of of the conference standings. I mean, they're ranked uh, eighth. Yeah, eighth out of fourteen teams. Uh, yeah, that Wisconsin loss hurt pretty badly. I mean, Wisconsin had only won one Big Ten game before this. They're a better team than their record showed, but. You know, any team that builds their basketball floor over the top of a hockey rink tells you what their priorities are, right? <laughs> they, they, well, yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> don't get me started on hockey in Nebraska because uh, there's a hockey uh, team, a club team for Nebraska that I really want to talk to them on the podcast sometime, but uh, I'll wait till their season's over. Um, anyway, uh, this team has potential. I mean, we we've, we've oh, talked about that. We we've we've shown that. Um, and and as you mentioned, I'm not I'm not trying to put pressure on them. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Williams, if you're listening, team, if you're listening to the Five Heart Podcast uh, on the way to your your next game, by golly, we believe in you. And uh, uh, go out there and get some W's and improve your standing a little bit for that Big Ten tournament because, as you mentioned, it's right around the corner. Uh, it's it's a month away essentially. It's five weeks away uh, as it gets underway uh, in Indianapolis on Wednesday, March sixth. So, it, if you had to, to, Jill, you said that you know it, it's a lot of tough games coming up, and maybe one that Nebraska's favored in. If you had to, to you know put a name on that one, which one would you say is the one that the Huskers are favored to win, or could be favored to win? Probably. Yeah, probably Penn State. Let's see, what do they have left? They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left. And Penn State, they, they'd probably be favored. And, you know, I'd see Maryland as a stretch to beat Maryland, but the other seven, and until I see them against Purdue this weekend, I won't know for sure, but I think Purdue is probably a pretty tough one. But really, I, I, I expect Maryland to be out of reach. Um, they could surprise me, though. Um, and I expect them to win at Penn State. I also expect them to win against Wisconsin. The other seven right now are going to be knocked down, drag them out sorts of games. Um, you know, Michigan State probably should beat the Huskers relatively comfortably. Purdue may. But there's a lot of uh, – it's just going to be a real grind to the end of the season. This is the crazy thing, and, and I know you mentioned it, uh, you know, the strength of, of the Big Ten in women's basketball. Michigan State is 15-5 and five overall. Nebraska's 9-11. and 11. There's only half a game difference between Michigan State's 5-4 and four in the conference, Nebraska's 4-5. and five. Uh, And you see that up and down uh, the rankings. Uh, Minnesota is 13-7. and seven. By all accounts, should be sitting much better than where they are, but they're two and seven in uh, in conference play. So all seven of their losses—I know this is Captain Obvious stating—but all seven of their losses has come in, have come in conference play. You've got uh, uh, Maryland, who has a better overall record than Rutgers, uh, but Rutgers has you know one more win than Maryland. So those two you know could be interchangeable but like you said there's the there's the Maryland game that might be out of reach there's the Penn State game that should be a win and then all the other ones kind of seem like they're a coin toss yeah and Nebraska should be able to play with any of those teams any given night you know just so Michigan on. State's a tough team Iowa's a really tough team Northwestern's always been pesky the past couple of years but and Purdue and Nebraska have had some epic battles since Huskers joined the Big Ten. I think the first three games Nebraska and Purdue played as Big Ten opponents, 
all went to overtime, double overtime, and triple overtime. It was just crazy. The last two or three, I think some of them have been double-digit types of wins, but that's been a really good rivalry. And, and so you never discount anything in a rivalry-type game. Weird things happen. Um, who's, Maryland's, yeah. who's Maryland's coach? Brenda Freeze, I believe. That's it. Yeah, she was at Minnesota before she went to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she I, brings in like top five, top seven recruiting classes every year. They're a team that just reloads. So they're, they're definitely the class of the conference. Are they? Oh, she, yeah. was a, she was a good coach at Minnesota. I don't think she got along with their athletic director. <laughs> and, and yeah, maybe maybe there's more population. You know what I mean? And all this recruiting stuff is really heavily based on population. And I wish people would take that into account more often when they start complaining about things. You know how difficult it actually is to recruit in Nebraska. People who oh, see no, that not in women's sports. Though. Well, I women's mean, sports, no, probably not. Nebraska the exports Division One talent in volleyball and basketball. Yeah, but you know why that is. The six-foot-tall women grow on trees in the upper Midwest. Well, no, it's. I think it's because Nebraska women are tough as fucking nails. Her. I mean, they are. If you want to marry a strong, hearty woman that's not going to let you push her around, marry a Nebraska woman. Your wife's sitting in the room, isn't she, John? No, no, she's not, but she's probably listening. Oh, <laughs> well, we know she's she's your number one podcast fan. She downloads all the time. She she comment, oh she she, she does really. she, she she has left so many colorful reviews saying how much she adores John Dam Johnston and uh, and really just you know wishes you'd probably stop calling your youngest son rotten son. But I keep saying no, it has to be done. He po- he chose poorly. Do you hear from my mom too? That would be weird. <laughs> She, yeah, she's been gone a while, but you know, I don't know if anybody in my family pays attention to a single damn thing I do. Well, then you. Although can- I, I'll tell you this, my brother Jim, my brother Jim that lives in Dallas, uh, he pays attention because a while back I did a cornflakes, and I talked about taking his girlfriend's Alfa Romeo. And driving it into a turnpike in Dallas at, at seventy, or into a cloverleaf exit at seventy miles an hour, and how I held it throughout the curve. And um, he, I, and I put in there. I hope my brother Jim never reads this. To which he responded. <laughs> he, he, he commented on it a little while later. He goes, "You know, uh, uh, you know, Evelyn's car's tires lasted a lot longer after you left." <laughs> But I love that Alfa Romeo. That damn thing at corner, like my God, you could just like well, you could take it into a, a you know, a, a roundabout or you know what I mean, a cloverleaf exit. It, I just and the rear end would flail a little bit as long as you held it right. My God, I'm full of crap. <laughs> anyway, it's the best kind of crap, John. All right, so no, I, it. It's amazing to me that Nebraska has the level of talent in women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That You're right. They don't have the same problem that we do with men uh, in terms of finding talent. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would disagree with us about maybe walk-on people who are football players. But I don't know if that's as true now as it was say, under the Osborne years. Maybe Scott Frost can resurrect that, but 
you still need damned good athletes to win in sports. Well, part of it's roster size, too. You know, women's basketball or volleyball, what do they have 14, 15 players on the roster? You know, compared to football, what is Frost trying to build up to 150? It is a little bit of a difference to try and recruit talent for, but, but Nebraska does export Division One talent all over for women's sports. So it's, you'd think they'd have some brothers and, didn't we have a discussion in our Slack room once about a uh, secret sports breeding program, if we could get more of it? Yeah, yeah, eugenics, which was what the Nazis were known for. That's really <laughs> something great to be talking about publicly. <laughs> <laughs> All these talented women we have in Nebraska for athletics, why can't we get more, more sons and football players, right? Why can't we have a a you know a breeding program? This is really what you're saying. My God, we are just going to hell now. Well, on that happy note, and there, there, see, there went Greg's control of the podcast. Just <laughs> shat straight out the window. I've got nothing else. <laughs> well, I had to somehow like interrupt John's. John's tangents and let him know he wasn't the only one that could go on tangents. For the love of God, I'm glad that's you fair. did. Yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> if nothing else, John damn Johnston needs to be put in his place once in a while. Hey. <laughs> what? Okay, so how far have we gone now, Greg? Time-wise? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're past the 45-minute mark. Oh, okay. So we talked about Bill Moose, we talked about cheerleaders, and we talked about women's basketball and this damn men's basketball team that looks like they're, uh, you know, if they can pull out a few more wins, they could still make the NCAA tourney because the Big Ten is actually that freaking tough. But it doesn't, you know, there's not a lot of hope in that. And the problem with that is, you know, I, I think this was Tim Miles. You know, you had to make the NCAA attorney at the least to keep your job. But at the same time, it's the same lather, rinse, repeat crap I've seen my entire life. You know, a men's basketball coach comes in. He says, I'm going to do this and get over that hump and win an NCAA tourney game. And they all think they have the answers, and they don't. And I do think that Tim Miles has established somewhat of a blueprint for how Nebraska ball could be at least successful to the point that we would be able to accept it. And that is to take, instead of just going out and trying to play the same recruiting game everybody else is, is take the damn transfers that other programs are you know what I mean? Like like James Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. Or or like uh, oh come on, Isaac Copeland. You know he was at Georgetown and and things fell apart for him there, and he transferred out and came to Nebraska and he became probably our best player this season besides Isaiah Roby. But you know, I mean Copeland. I mean when he went off the floor, you could really see the gas go out of this team. But <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's kind of sad. That thing is, we shouldn't. Well, I think at the very least, it'd be nice just to see a team that loves to play. And Nebraskans really, if you're fielding a team that loves what they're doing, it seems like Nebraskans respond to that and that that pressure to win that game and this being the team is harder. It'd be fun just to watch them have fun again. I'd watch that, even if they don't make the tournament. I'd love to see them do that. You'd drink a lot while you were doing it, though, wouldn't you? Well, I'm, I'm, I, I need to, to not do that, but yeah. 
<laughs> Jill's over there like, I just got done betting cattle. I'm drinking a lot no matter what. Yeah, beer is such a good option when it's negative three degrees. <laughs> you know what? what's not good is hot beer. No. You know, like using that to, uh, you know, stay warm, hot beer. I don't advise it. I've never done it. It just doesn't sound appealing. I would agree. Moving on. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with a warm, refreshing beer once in a while. <laughs> Does, um, you go out to the garage and you find one. Oh, my God, I forgot to put this in the fridge. Well, screw it. Well, the other ones are cooling down. I'm just going to drink this warm, refreshing crap beer, and it's going to go right to my head. Wham! We should probably end. <laughs> I, I'm 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 prepared to do so. Jill, any final thoughts that you had to, to in, any words of wisdom to share with us? Um, how can I top warm beer? You, you can't. Nor should you. You can make another joke about betting cows. <laughs> I'm going to go to my annual cardiology checkup tomorrow, and the doctor is going to say, so what would you do last night? Betted some cows? Yeah, how'd that go? It was really exhausting. (laughs) There's a lot of them and only one of me. (laughs) That's it, everybody. There's 80 of them. Some of them go down easy, and some of them you got to just work forever. That is our show. I'm so glad I'm not going to a cardiologist appointment with you. I I told you we should have ended right there. Now you let me go. I I tried so hard. (laughs) That's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Thanks to Jill for joining us. And uh, read more about the uh, Nebraska women's basketball team on coordination.com as Jill keeps us up to date with uh, game previews as well as recaps. Uh, And, of course, John is busy being John. And that's really, we say no more, is, is all I say. Uh, my name is Greg Mahochko. You can follow me at thehooch 36 or follow the show at the number 5 Heart Podcast on Twitter. Uh, just type out 5 Heart Podcast in your Facebook search bar if you want to uh, join the conversation there as well. For myself, Greg Mahochko, for Jill Heemstra, for John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week and every week that 5 Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Jill? Win the damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.